Praise the Lord. How, how are we doing? Have we had a good day at Enchanted Rock? I, I think we've had a good day, right? Hey, why, don't, why don't we tell the Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, there was a lot, there was a lot of labor that went into cooking the meals. Aren't you glad that you got food today? I know I am. There's a lot of labor that went into cooking the meals. There was a lot of labor in the sovereign God telling the storm to hold off so we could have us a good day outside here. No, that's easy for him. That's easy for him. Um, and have you enjoyed the book of Exodus? There is, brothers and sisters, there is nothing like the word of God. Amen. I, I, I hope I do die communicating Amen. the word of God. It is so good, so enjoyable. There is so much in it. Yeah. It communicates God himself to us. Yeah. What, we've, uh, what we've been in today is eating. What are, what are the highlights? What are the highlights? Eating. 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 Drinking. Okay, eating, drinking, and flowing. Yeah. So we've we've visited the Passover lamb. Um, we've enjoyed the manna. That's right. We had a, some good fellowship over yeah. drinking, did we not? Yeah. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah. I, I'm, well, anyway, it's the secret to enjoying God. Just put that one in your pocket. You may need that one for later. Lord Jesus. Yeah. And now we come to flowing. flowing. Now we come to flowing. Just to give you a little background here in the book of Exodus, um, what's happened. How, how many of us have ever read the book of Exodus before? Okay, okay. Uh, you should get the real thing. Yeah. You should get the real thing by reading it in your Bible. Yeah. Believe it or not, uh, there is no movie form that can rightly communicate to you the story of Exodus. Best, best if you just, just dust that thing off the shelf, just... And ju just get it. I'm telling you, it's better than any, any other way you can get it. It catches us up on what's going on in the book of Exodus. Um, the children of Israel have been in slavery for 400 years. Say, oh, no. Oh, no. That's, that's bad. God's people have been locked up in Egypt as slaves for 400 years. Okay? And God, in one year's time, for his own glory, he took a year's time to release them and bring them out of Egypt with a mighty hand to show to all of the universe who Jehovah God is. In one year's time, his, his people, his nation have been completely released from the most powerful nation on earth and are set apart to him in, in the desert. Okay, we already know um, that they had some little hunger issues, a little hangry. A little hangry. That's hungry plus angry. You get angry when you're hungry. Hangry. Um, so they've had a little hangry, a little hangriness. The Lord dealt with that by giving them the manna. And uh, they got a little thirsty too. Uh, I mean, I get thirsty. Who else in here gets thirsty? I got a little thirsty too. Okay. So in order to take care of their thirst... It is incredible what God decides to do. Yeah. He decides to tell Moses, Moses, you see that rock over there? Moses says, yeah. What I want you to do is I want you to take that staff that you divided the Red Sea with. I want you to go over there and I want you to strike that rock. And out from that rock, I'm going to flow enough water 
to supply two million people plus every single day. And that rock is going to follow you for the next 40 years. That's how I'm going to take care of my people in the wilderness for the next near half a century. How about that? Would you like God to supply you like that? Yeah. Okay, I mean, get this, okay? I, I, I want you to understand what's, what's happening here. There's about 2 million people in the desert. That's not including livestock, okay? We know that they were shepherds, okay? That's not including livestock. We've got about 2 million people. It's about the size of Dallas. I mean, it's big, okay? About 2 million people in the desert. How many people we got here? Nowhere near two million, okay? We have about two million people in the desert. And we all need at least eight glasses of water a day. Amen. No, no, don't say it. You don't have to say it. You don't have to say it. We all need at least eight glasses of water a day. That's half a gallon. That's half a gallon. Half a gallon. Now, now that's not taken into context that they're in the desert, but let's just say half a gallon a day, two million people. That's a million gallons of water a day. That, that's, that's a lot of supply. That's a lot of supply. That's not including watering the livestock. That's not including cooking. That's not including a drop falling on the ground. Okay, this is a lot of water. Amen. There's an abundant supply Amen. that God is flowing out for his people. Amen. Okay, brothers and sisters, I'd like to bring you the gospel. Amen. I'd like to bring you the good news Amen. is that that is not just some awesome miracle that we can wow at. Um, that happened, I don't know, 4,000 years ago. That's not just some awesome miracle, although it is that. And firstly, we should be wowed by it. God is awesome. Yeah. Amen. But secondly, we should see one level deeper what spiritual significance that has for us today. Yeah. Luckily, or not luckily, sovereignly, yeah. the Apostle Paul interpreted for us what that picture of the smitten rock means. Let's read, well, I guess first, let's read the first verse. The first verse is from Exodus. Let's read that. And then let's jump down to 1 Corinthians 10 right after that. And let's get some help from the Apostle Paul. Let's have him interpret it for us and tell us what's going on. Okay, ready? Go. Read both verses. I will be standing before you. was Christ. Okay, I mean, uh, could it get any clearer here? The Apostle Paul is telling us, hey, you know uh, what you read about there in Exodus 17? That was Christ. That was a picture of Christ. Brothers and sisters, good news. There's at least a million gallons of living water available to you today. Good news. Praise the Lord. That's worth praising God about. This is a picture of Jesus Christ. Now, now wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be really, really awesome 
if Jesus himself had talked about that in the gospel? Wouldn't that have been great? I mean, you know, I mean, it's awesome. The Apostle Paul, you know, awesome interpretation. It's the Word of God, you know. I just wish Jesus himself would have said something, right? Right? Don't you, don't you wish that would have happened? I mean, yeah. Praise Jesus for the Word of God. Okay? Because this is exactly what he talks about in John chapter 7. Jesus himself interprets Exodus 17 for us. Let's see what he had to say. Let's all read it together. This is John 7, 37 through 39. Ready, go. Now on the last day, Brothers and sisters, good news or bad news? Great news. Great news. Great news. The triune God has made himself available and he desires that we would come and drink of him. He didn't say you got to climb up Enchanted Rock to get to him. He didn't say you had to climb up K2 or Mount Everest. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he has the spirit of Almighty God readily available for us to partake of. Isn't that awesome? Brothers and sisters, there is one thing that will satisfy the thirst in your being. And I hope this will remain with you for the rest of your life. The only thing that will solve, heal the gnawing emptiness that you find deep in the core of your being is God himself. That's it. it. You won't find it in education. You will not find it in a spouse. If you thoroughly believe that once you find your one true love and you have a wonderful marriage, better than any Hollywood scene could have prepared, that you'll finally be satisfied, bad news, you won't be. You won't be. You won't find it in career. You won't find it in athletic success. You won't find it in um, vain glory. You won't find it in Twitter followers. You won't find it in good grades. You won't find it in positions, um, whether that be in a fraternity, a sorority, a student org, whatever it may be. You will not find the answer to the gnawing emptiness inside. There's only one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he readily makes himself available if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Did you see the transition in this verse that Jesus made? Look at it. I don't know about you, but logically, to me, we're interpreting Exodus 17. Jesus is is unveiling that it's he himself. He would say, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I'll satisfy him. I'll quench him. He'll never thirst again. I'll make him the happiest of happiest of peoples. Don't you think he would have said that? Logically, you would think. Exodus 17, he's quenching the thirst of his people. What I want you to see is the transition that Jesus makes. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. 
and here's what I'll do. Not only will I quench your thirst, but I'll install myself as this smitten rock in your innermost being to flow at least one million gallons of living water a day to mankind. Amen. Brothers and sisters, can you touch the heart of God in this verse? Will, bro, I want you to stand up and read John 7. Um, Just start John 7, 37. Start with if anyone. Stand up and read it for us, bro. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Pretty good, bro. Pretty good. Was that pretty good? Pretty good. Pretty good. good. Shalom. How about you, dog? Come on, Shalom. Shalom, Shalom, bring us into the heart of God. Bring us into your spirit, brother. Bring us into the heart of God in this verse. If anyone thirsts, yes, come to me and drink. Amen. Amen, Shalom. That was good. Do it again, bro. Do it again. Do it again. If anyone thirsts, Amen. Come to me and drink. Amen. But, but catch the transition. Catch the transition. If anyone thirsts, anyone, let him come to me and drink. And this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to install myself as the smitten rock into your inner being to supply all of mankind with myself. This is the heart of God. Brothers and sisters, the heart of God is not merely that we would be the happiest of happy persons. It is not merely that we would have the American dream with a spiritual wrapper on the outside. My spouse, she's so lovely. She loves God. We've got great children. None of, uh, none of them are into drugs. They're all good students. They try hard in sports. I've got a great job. I've got a great job. And you know what? I have morning revival. It's good. It's good. You know what? I'm in the meetings. I'm in the meetings. Praise praise the Lord for the church life. End of story. God's, God's heart, the heart of God, is not merely that we would be the happiest of happy persons. I'm quenched and I'm satisfied. There's some some glory to God in that. Don't get me wrong. There is. There is. But that is not the heart of God. God has a desire. In the heart of God from eternity past, before you and I were even a thought, God had a desire. Amen. There's a desire deep in the heart of God. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I hope that you would live to know yeah. and experience the desire that is deep in the heart of God. Amen. Brothers and sisters, if it wasn't worth knowing and giving your life to, the full-timers that you meet with on campus would not be here. They'd be somewhere else. There is a desire deep, hidden in the heart of God. And the Word of God unveils it to us. Let's read 1 Timothy 
2, 3 through 4. Ready, go. Our Savior God, who desires all things to be Savior God. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know our God is a God of salvation. Amen. He is a God of redemption. Amen. He is a God full of desire. Do not believe the lie that He is some empty, cold, hard person far away from you with no desire in His heart, but to simply let His creation run. That is not the God of Scripture. Our Savior God desires. He is full of He is full of heart and passion and desire that all men be saved. Amen. You should say Amen after that. Amen. He is full of desire that every man be saved Amen. and come to the full knowledge of the truth. Amen. You know what? In order to accomplish that, he would not simply come as the only, the one, and not multiply himself within the hearts of believers all over the earth. There would not just be a one smitten rock in Jerusalem that you'd have to go to in order to get living water. God is wise. And God took the way of multiplication. First, there was just Jesus Christ on the earth. And if you wanted to be near God, you had to find where He was. And then you know what? He got 12 apostles. And He sent them out with the word of the truth. Luke chapter 9, He sent out the 12. In Luke chapter 10, you know what happens after that? 12 aren't enough. He sends out the 70 disciples. 70 disciples are good. There's 110 praying in Acts chapter 2, but that's not enough. He multiplies himself again on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 are saved like that. And the smitten rock has been installed in their being to flow living water to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. You know what? 3,000, not enough. In Acts chapter 5, 5,000 men, that's just the men, 5,000 are saved. And you know what happens next? At the end of Acts chapter 5, they're taught and they're trained in the homes. In the homes. They continue in the teaching, in the word of the truth of the gospel. And in Acts chapter 8, a persecution comes and it says all are scattered. All meaning every believer in Jerusalem is scattered. And you know what they did? They went proclaiming the Word. They went proclaiming the Word. You know, they didn't say, hold on, I'm so glad, Robert, you are seeking for God. Just wait till I get Brother Neil over here. We're going to send for Brother Neil. He's back in Jerusalem. And brother, as soon as he gets here, he's going to tell you about the gospel and you can receive the living water. <laughs> They didn't do that. They didn't say, oh, awesome, you're interested in God. Wait for the Apostle Peter. He'll come. And everything's going to be all right then. By the way, is it okay if it rains? Yeah. Is, is it okay if it rains? Can we, can we still enjoy God if it rains? Okay. I think the Spirit is blowing. 
There's a flow. There's a flow. What happened was that all, every believer was multiplied. The smitten rock installed in their being. The smitten rock installed in their being. The smitten rock was installed in their innermost being. And living water filled the earth. Living water went to the corners of the earth. This is the heart of God. Let's read Numbers 11. What's happening in Numbers 11 is that there are some other people that are prophesying and speaking for God other than Moses. And Joshua comes to warn him, Moses, somebody else is speaking for God. We got to stop them. We got to stop them. You're the only one that gets to do that. Read what Moses says and touch the heart of God. Ready, go. Jehovah's people were prophets. Oh, that all Jehovah's people were prophets. Brothers and sisters, this was in the heart of God from the very beginning. And what did not unfortunately transpire in the Old Testament is now reality. Every believer can speak for God. Christ has installed himself as the smitten rock in the deepest of your innermost parts at least one million gallons of living water inside of you every day. At least. In you. Every day. Waters to swim in. Let's read Matthew 24, 14 and touch the heart of God. Ready, go. The gospel of the kingdom might be preached. The gospel of the kingdom uh, may may be preached whenever everybody's ready. It's it's allowed. The gospel of the kingdom is allowed to be preached. It's it's allowed. It's allowed. As long as we got the right person there, it's allowed to be preached. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, the gospel of the kingdom. (laughs) Praise God. Let there be light. The gospel of the kingdom, say, will be. Say, will be. Say, will be. Say, will be. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole inhabited earth. You know what that that whole inhabited earth is? Every inhabited house. Every inhabited house. If you thought that um, if the missionaries are doing their job and they'll just touch down in Darfur, (laughs) the gospel has come, Jesus can come back. If the missionaries will do their job and just kind of finally get into Inner Mongolia. Every inhabited house. How? How will God do that? Brothers and sisters, do you see the heart of God? Every inhabited house. God desires that all men would be saved. He 
is the smitten rock, and he says, if anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. What I'm going to do is I'm going to install myself inside of you and multiply living water flowing on the earth. Amen. Brothers and sisters, you have to ask yourself, who are you? Who are you? Brothers and sisters, who do you think you are? Who are you? You, you have to realize if you're ever going to live a proper life on the earth as a man or woman, you have to realize who you are. Who you are. Who do you think you are? Brothers and sisters, when you look at Ty Wilson, Ty, stand up, brother. You look at Ty Wilson. Okay. How about me? Let's start, let's start with me. Ty, you stay up here with me. Brothers and sisters, when you look at me, what do you see? You probably, you probably, first thing in your mind, that is a very large white man up there. Very large white man up there. That is, a, that is a big old large white man. Where in the world did he get that accent, huh? Man. What podunk town did we pull him out of? You know what I mean? That's, that's what you see, right? Partly. That's not who I am. That's not who I am. You may see, you know, that's skin deep, skin deep. Maybe a little bit deeper than that. I, you know, I, even though I'm an athlete, I like creative things. I, I like, I like uh, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I like coffee. I drink coffee. <laughs> I, I like, I, you know, I like another, th I like a lot of things. I'm not just a big, white, southern man. I like, I li you know, I have, but ev even that, brothers and sisters, that is not who I am. That's right. That's not who I am. Ty, you see Ty? What do you think? That's it. A student. We're, we're, we're not the same. We're not the same color. He's a very attractive looking black man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. But, but, but I mean, hey, this guy, right? Hey, let me, let me tell you something about, let me tell you something about Ty. Ty is very creative. He's very creative. You know, he's great behind a camera. He's great behind a camera. He's not just loud and boisterous, but he's also got other things going on. You know, he's born in Houston. Were you born in Houston? Born in Houston. How old are you, Ty? 22 years old. 22 years old, born in Houston, H-Town. Show them how you get down. Just kidding. Just kidding. But let me, let, me tell you, let me tell you this. If that is what you know of Ty... You, you only see a little bit, and, and that's not who he is. That's not who he is. Sit down, brother. Carl. Stand up, Carl. You know, Carl, Carl is a very bright guy. A very bright guy. Or he at least works hard. How about that? Hard working. Hard working. Once again, you know, you may see, uh, you know, Carl and I, a little, little different skin color there. Okay. Bit. Very smart engineer. Yeah. Work, working hard at it. Working hard. Let me, tell you, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this about Carl. You know, Carl's also, in my opinion, Carl's a very good musician. Did you know that? 
Carl's a very good musician. He can play, he can play all kind of things. I mean, it's very, uh, you know, rare to come by someone who's of the engineering mindset and also very uh, creative, you know? You got uh, both sides of the brain there. It's hard to come by. If that is what you know of Carl Wu, you don't really know him. That's not who he is. Thanks, Carl. Brothers and sisters, what we need to do, there, there's messages all over society that are telling us what we are. You're this. You're that. You should be this. You should be that. You should wear that. You should think this way. If you're not like this, you're on the outside looking in. You don't belong. There are messages coming from media, from books, from classes, from friends, everywhere. The world wants to define for you who you are. And they want you to see that in some sense and embrace it wholeheartedly. Brothers and sisters, what we have to do is open the Word of God and see from the Word of God who we are and embrace that. Embrace it with our whole being. Let's read the next verse from Exodus 19. We'll see who we are. Ready, go. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the children of Israel. These are the words you shall speak to the children of Israel. Moses, you remind them. These are the words you shall speak. You are a kingdom of priests. You are priests. Brothers and sisters, this is who you are. Before Christ, this is not who you were. But you know what? God had a desire. And at a certain point, He came in as the smitten rock and installed Himself in your innermost being. And it fundamentally changed you from the core so that you would never be the same again. Never. When Christ came in as the smitten rock, you were changed forever. Now, did you realize it? Maybe not. But that's why it's good... That's why it's good that God would remind Moses, these are the words you shall speak to the children of Israel. You are a kingdom of priests. You know what priests do? I hope you remember this for the rest of your life. Priests bring men to God and priests bring God to men. Priests take God in and flow God out. What priests do is they bring men to God and they bring God to men. They take God in. They absorb God. They eat. They drink. They take God in and then they flow God to man. This is what priests do. And brothers and sisters, this is who you are. This is who you are. You know, in Matthew 28, that's the Great Commission. You ever heard of that before? Yeah. Jesus, right before his ascension, he says, Go therefore and disciple all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now you might think, Lord Jesus, that's a pretty big, uh, that's a tall order there. 
all the nations, every inhabited house, you desire all men to be saved? Pretty tall order there, Lord. When Jesus says go to priests, it's as if he's saying to artists, create. Is that, is that an egregious, burdensome task? You tell a musician, play. Does he like that? Yeah. When you tell a long-distance runner to run, generally they enjoy it. it I'm, it's, it's, it's kind of part of their identity. When, when Jesus Christ stands on the mount before he's ascended and he says, go, he is releasing a kingdom of priests to be what they are. From their innermost being, he's releasing them to be what they are, what they already are. I've installed myself as the smitten rock in your innermost being. I release you to be who you are. Brothers and sisters, we have to see who we are from the word of God. Embrace it and live it out. You know, uh, long distance runners... You know, when they're five, they don't just run an easy 10 miles. Yeah. You know, when they're kids, it's, it's, you could say it's something they grow into. You could say that. Maybe not so easy to kick that little, that little boy out and say, go, go run 10 miles. <laughs> it's something they may need to grow into. Brothers and sisters, even if uh, we're all growing, we're all growing. But it's important to see who we are. We are priests. And for us to go and flow God to man is the most natural thing we could do. Because it's who God has made us. He's fundamentally changed us from our core. In Revelation 1, 5, and 6, and I'll be done with this. In Revelation 1, 5, and 6, there are some immense, immense things that John writes there. Right. Immense fundamental thoughts of Christianity to him who loved us and released us from our sins by his blood. You ever heard that before? God loves you. Amen. Jesus died for you Amen. to release you from your sins. You ever heard that before? Yeah. That's kind of like bedrock Christian thought, you would say, right? Okay, what do you think he says next? What do you think he says next? Revelation 1, 5 through 6. Let's see. God loves me. Jesus died for me to release me from my sins. Wow. I mean, man, what kind of uh, next fundamental, just awesome... Uh, what kind of thought would, would come next? It's down at the bottom of your page. Yeah. Maybe on the next one. You may have to turn it over. <laughs> and has made us a kingdom. Priests to our God. And has made us a kingdom of priests. Amen. Brothers and sisters... We're talking about the heart of hearts of God. This is, this is Christianity. This is what being a Christian is. God loves you so much so that he would die for you, to release you from your sins. And guess what? 
He has made you a kingdom of priests to flow out God to man. Brothers and sisters, this is who we are. And I am very much looking forward to doing this with you this summer. If you don't, if you don't know what's happening this summer, it's the summer internship. That's, what, that's what's happening. If you can't be with us, that's okay. Maybe you can come up for a little bit. That's okay. You can pray for us. Um, but for those of us that will be here, brothers and sisters, I'm looking forward to this. This is what we are. And I, I cannot wait to do what God has predestinated us for. To take him in together and flow him out to man. Brothers and sisters, this is the heart of God. And, and, And I... We pray, we pray that you will enter into it. You'll enter into what God has designed you for. Okay, what we'll do now, I think, I, I think I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to turn it over to the brothers, and we'll, and we'll decide what's next. Amen? Amen. Lord, we love you. Lord, thank you for making us a kingdom of priests. Lord, bring us into full function. We like to take you in and flow you out. Bless all of us, Lord. We like to live and embrace what we are. Thank you for installing yourself within us. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So what we'll do now is we're going to open up the floor. And uh, you share um, what the Lord touched you with, what you saw. Um, you don't uh, have to share from this message. There's, the Lord's done a lot today. Right. But we'll just open up uh, the floor and we'll let all the priests flow out. How about that?